Welcome to the Gifted to Give podcast. I am Brother Gian. If you're new to podcasting, you're in the right place. I can't wait to share to all of you how wonderful God is as we celebrate the 500 years of Christianity in the Philippines. Good day, listeners. We have once again Monsignor Achilles Dakai as he will preach and teach to us the good news of the gospel for this Sunday, June 13, 2021. We have a great number of listeners, downloads, and interactions. We at Gifted to Give Podcast would like to thank everyone for their support. And now, without further ado, please join us in welcoming Monsignor Achilles Dakai. all of you. Good Friday morning and happy fiesta to the Sacred Heart Parish. And welcome once more to our Bible study online. First, let us situate ourselves within the liturgical year. Looking back, we have celebrated on the seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time the Feast of the Ascension of our Lord. Then on the eighth Sunday, we celebrated the Feast of Pentecost, the descent of the Holy Spirit. Then on the ninth, we celebrated the feast on that Sunday, the feast of Pentecost. Of after Pentecost, the Holy Trinity. Then after the feast of the Holy Trinity, we had the feast of Corpus Christi. That's on the tenth. And now, therefore, we are going to the 11th Sunday in Ordinary Time. It may interest you to know that after all those feasts of the Ascension, the Descent of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, the Corpus Christi, from now on we shall be celebrating Sunday Masses without any feasts at all until, until uh, August 15, the Feast of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So I repeat, from this 11th Sunday in Ordinary Time till the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time, we shall always be celebrating only Sunday Masses with no feasts at all. Therefore, the Gospel is always taken from the Sunday Mass. And since we are still within the cycle B, which is St. Mark's cycle, as we may say, so the Gospel for next Sunday is taken from the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 4, which is his chapter of parables from 26, I think, to 
That's the uh, gospel for next Sunday. But as I've always been saying, it is always helpful and fruitful for us to read now the gospel for cycle A according to Matthew chapter 9 as well as the gospel for cycle C according to St. Luke chapter 7. So we shall have a holistic picture of the message for this next Sunday, I repeat, the 11th Sunday in ordinary time. So before anything else, let us pray. Almighty Father, send your Holy Spirit upon us so that we may read with faith your word and reflect on it with hope and realize it with love. Following your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, from whom we find freedom, fulfillment, and the future with you forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So here we are again, looking together to that direction, Sunday, June 13, the 11th Sunday in Ordinary Time. So we now open our Bibles and we listen to the reading of chapter 4, St. Mark. So take it away, Gillian, please. Jesus said to the crowds, This is how it is with the kingdom of God. It is as if a man were to scatter seed on the land and would sleep and rise night and day, and through it all the seed would sprout and grow. He knows not how. Of its own accord, the land yields fruit, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, he wheels the sickle at once, for the harvest has come. He said, To what shall we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable can we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, that when it is sown in the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. But once it is sown, it springs up and becomes the largest of plants and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the sky can dwell in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to understand it. Without parables, he did not speak to them. Thank you, Gillian. Thank you. Thank you very much. I have always suggested that even if we are reading the cycle B, Gospel according to Mark, we should refer also to the 
cycle a gospel according to Matthew as well as to the gospel of the cycle C according to Luke because I have found some connection between the three which is more and more relevant to what we are doing these days when we celebrate the 500th year of Christianity in the Philippines. And what I'm going to suggest with this reflection, I repeat, will do us good when we celebrate this anniversary of our Christianity in the Philippines. You see, at the very end, at the very last verse of every gospel, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there is a very good lesson for all of us to learn and live by, especially nowadays when um, we are trying to celebrate the f 500th year of Christianity in the Philippines, and yet COVID-19 afflicts us all ordered us to stay home and to keep social distancing. How therefore? So I repeat, let us focus our reflection on the last verse of this gospel according to Mark, where Mark has recorded two parables of our Lord both about growth. The seed planted on the soil by itself, it grows up. And the second parable also about the mustard seed. Once sown, it springs up and puts forth large, long branches and on them the birds come and make their nests. That is the last verse of the Gospel according to St. Mark next Sunday. And the Gospel according to Matthew precisely gives us a reason for celebrating this 500th year. In that gospel, the ending was and is, the final verse is that after Jesus had called his 12 apostles and sent them out, he gave them a manual of instructions. At the end of the manual of instructions, Matthew has recorded that Jesus said, freely, without cost, you have received, and freely, therefore, without cost, you must give. So it's still about giving. And the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 7, 
precisely Saint Luke has written that after his encounter with Simon the Pharisee in the house where he had a meal, Jesus journeyed from one town to another and he was accompanied by his twelve apostles, by Mary Magdalene, by Joanna and by Susanna and by many others who provided for them out of their resources and that's what they give. So here is a very good line for us to reflect on. Since this year, the 500th year of Christianity in the Philippines, we are told to realize that we have been gifted but gifted to give. What therefore are we gifted with and what therefore are we to give to others? The general theme of this year is Missio Ad Gentis that we have a task, we have a mission to accomplish not only to be gifted with faith ourselves but we must share that faith with others. We cannot be just long large branches. We must invite birds of the sky to come to us and make their nests in our shade. So this is it. First of all, we must realize that the parishioners in a parish have a church, have a building, they have a convent, and they have priests to run the parish. What therefore should people, parishioners, the faithful, give to the parish? Gifted with what and what to give? So first of all, I refer to that part of the Mass during which we offer from what we have earned from Monday to Saturday, in kind or in cash, we offer that to God out of thanksgiving. So that's all we first reflect on. How much do we give at Mass that we attend at every Mass that is ended? After giving what we feel is the need of the parish, then we try to go out of our parish and give to others what they do not have. I am talking of the fifth commandment of the church, which is to contribute to the financial support of the parish and its pastors. 
for the mission that they have to accomplish and for the ministry that they have to perform. So that, I presume, is well understood. But since this year, we are especially challenged that since we have been gifted with faith, with Christianity, how much do we give and to whom do we give and share the faith? I know that you must have been reading a lot about this, but there is still a lot for us to learn what to give. Let me remind you that the bishops of the Philippines, way back in 2011-2012, in their conference, they decided to declare a nine-year era of the new evangelization. Nine years from 2012 to precisely 2021 this year. Nine years of preparation for this great jubilee we are now celebrating. And each year we had a theme so that our priests and faithful be prepared. I remember we had a year of the parish as a community of communities, etc. We have a year for the young, we have a year for the laity, we have a year for families, etc. So now we ask ourselves, if we have been gifted with Christianity, how much of it shall we give to others? Not just to the pagans, to the Gentiles, not just to the to the faithless, but to the unfaithful, to the Catholics that are not practicing their faith anymore for reasons of their own. Gifted to give. Let us therefore try to know more about our parish, about our our apostolates in the parish so that we be willing and able to give what is right and just. This year, therefore, we are challenged to do more than what we have so far been giving. To give out of our resources financial, but not just the corporal works of mercy that demand money or material things, but the spiritual works of mercy as well. So this is it. Let us rejoice once more to get together in our small groupings, in our movements in our organizations in the church and exchange ideas about this. 
what more can we give, not only to our homes, but also to our parishes, but also to the whole church spread throughout the world? I cannot explain this more clearly than it has always been. As long as we are aware, as long as we grow up in our awareness of our duties and rights, it would be easy for us, less difficult for us to contribute whatsoever in cash or in kind to the parish as well as to the archdiocese. Remember that of the twelve apostles that Jesus called and chose and commissioned, remember that yes, he chose some as fishermen, some as farmers, and others as finance men, financiers. In other words, Jesus himself felt the need of a group for financing whatever mission and ministry the apostles might have. Of course, there is divine providence. Of course, we know that God does provide us with a daily bread. But remember, that daily bread, we must pray for it. With humble hearts and with working hands. So there you are. Divine providence, we trust in it. But remember, God helps those who help themselves. You may continue now, you may or may begin to write down your reflections on this, as well as your questions that I may try to answer for clarification. This thing, this thing about support to the parish, to the church, local church or Philippine church or the whole Catholic church all over the world. How do we give what we have been gifted with? So here I, I pause for you to find time to type your questions or your reflections Chelsea Cucaleon. Good morning, Monsignor. Again, thank you for having made clear for us the message of the next Sunday Gospel. Very often, the question asks, where does the collect of the Mass go? Okay, so that's again our direction. How to attend Sunday Mass 
actively and with productivity, with fruitfulness. Remember the liturgical color of this season now is green. And green is this, the color of growth, the color of vegetation, the color of fruitfulness, of productivity. So we are asking ourselves how fruitful we have been, how productive we have been with our belief that God helps us to live and to let live and to make a living from Monday to Saturday. If God has helped us that way on Sunday out of thanksgiving, we therefore give to the church a part of what we have earned. Let me tell you this. Before, when work was merely agrarian, the products of the farm, rice, wheat, etc., the commandment was to give one-tenth, one-tenth, the tithing. But now, the commandment of the church is contribute to the financial support of the parish according to your conscience, according to your resources. So it's up to you now to realize what exactly is the need of the parish and what exactly are your resources. This is what I try to make clear so that that part of the Mass we call collecta is a misnomer because that part of the Mass, the integral part of the Mass is called offertory. Offertory. We come to church to offer out of thanksgiving whatever we have, cash or in kind, to the church. But it is called offering. In fact, it is called not collecta, but selecta. The presider selects from what is offered bread and wine for the altar to consecrate. But the rest, in cast or in kind, goes to the apostolate of the church, to the poor, to the youth, to the catechesis, etc. So the offering is better called selecta, not collecta, because Pope Francis has the intention to make this activity standing up after reconciling with its other, at least around in, within the church, and then goes to the altar to offer whatever he or she has. So this is the meaning of that commandment, which does not, of course, force anyone to contribute out of one's resources, out of one's means. But just be honest, what exactly do you have and what exactly the parish needs?
from Gillian Vestil. Good morning, Monsignor. Aside from what you have said, Monsignor, what else can we give to others this 500 year of Christianity in the Philippines? Wow, that's a big order. If we have been gifted with through 500 years, now on the 500th year, what shall we give? Let me tell you this. It has been written already that Magellan and his crew in 1521 discovered the Philippines by accident. It was his, not his intention to come to our islands. Their intention was to look for a sea road to the Spice Islands and accidentally they came to our shores. So it's a happy accident. Now, how do we therefore give this happy accident to others? When we meet people accidentally, etc., etc., so let us also have that intention even if that is not the primary intention, because the intention of Magellan was rather economic or personal grandeur. But this time we may give out of what has happened to us accidentally to give to others. Secondly, we are told that Magellan, a layman, was the first to preach to the natives but in Castilian language and so there was a Southeast Asian fellow by the name of Enrique who interpreted Magellan to the natives. Again we have a great challenge a layman started the faith, the Christianity in the Philippines. And if we do not understand each other, we need interpreters among ourselves to be understood. Thirdly, it has been said that the natives needed a printed word of the faith in God. And so they printed the Doctrina Christiana, the first printed book on the truths of our Christianity that has been taught at least by Council of Trent. Now we have more, we have many printed words and we have printed the Bible in many languages this is now what we have to give. If we have been gifted with the Christian, the Doctrina Christiana, now we should give more Bibles, more Catechism of the Catholic Church, etc., to others. The Bible especially, that is now translated into 
our languages in the Philippines, in Tuilongo, in Cebuano, Samarino, etc., we should try to give copies. Why, of all people, has the group, the Gideon group, why have they distributed copies of their Bible to every hotel, every hotel in the world? So, we should do better than that. Distribute personally, Catechism of the Catholic Church, and the Bible, etc. From Mas Vestil, good morning, Monsignor. With the effect of the pandemic to our country and parishes, is the Archdiocese of Cebu willing and able to abolish the arranged system? <laughs> Again, uh, the question about the arancel system. It's like this, you see. We are commanded as baptized Christians, as members of the church, to contribute to the financial support of the parish and its pastors. That is a duty and our salvation. How much do you give and when do you give? On the occasions of the sacraments, from baptism, confirmation, weddings, etc. On the occasion of the administration of the sacraments, that's the time you contribute to the financial support of the church. How much, I repeat, according to your means and out of your resources. Therefore, when you are gifted with this and that much during the week, then out of thanksgiving, you give. You do not buy the sacrament. You do not pay for the sacraments. You are only reminded that on the occasion of the sacraments, you give this much in support of the church. Therefore, why is there an amount this is the arancel system. Why is there an amount for baptism, for confirmation, for weddings, etc.? Because that is the minimum that you are reminded of to give. That minimum can be erased, can be abolished, as long as we have grown up as mature Christians grown up in our awareness to precisely to fulfill our duties and to be aware of our rights. As long as we have that awareness that we have this duty, just as we have a duty to pay taxes to the government, we also have the duty to pay not the sacraments but the administration so we give something to the celebrant 
to the presider, etc. So this is easy. It will be easier for the archdiocese to abolish arancel system as long as or provided that we have learned to fulfill our duties, to fulfill the duty to contribute to this financial support of the parish itself. When? I do not know, but I'm sure we are now trying to tell our people to precisely feel the need of the parish and feel your resources and let us help one another. I said something about the CBCP that nine years ago declared a nine-year era of new evangelization. What is new in the evangelization? There is nothing new in the gospel because the gospel is as good yesterday, today, and forever. But what is new? Learn from the popes. Pope Benedict XVI and precisely now Pope Francis, they have declared that the evangelization is new not because of what Jesus said or did, but because our situation is different. The circumstances are different, marked by, according to Francis, Pope Francis, by three eyes, ignorance, indifference, and individualism. Therefore, we have to teach people that every man has a dignity and a destination. You must not ignore that. Then, individualism. Yes, we are born individually, but we must grow up not individualistically, but within the community. In the meantime, indifference, we must avoid that. We cannot be unconcerned for others. We cannot be Cain who said, I do not know, am I my brother's keeper? We are each other's keepers. And so we have to be concerned with others. Socialism, materialism, secularism, all these isms mentioned by Pope Benedict XVI are what make, they make our evangelization new. So we have to be more knowledgeable of what exactly is happening to our world. So 500 years, this 500th year of Christianity in the Philippines may be a greater challenge for all of us 
than before. Maybe before when Muhammad, the king and the queen were baptized, the formula in the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit may just be that. Now we know that the, in the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit is our ideas we have already said. So we should be proud to do that. And secondly, if we have been gifted with the Señor Santonino image, our visual aid, uh, the other images, the stampitas, etc., should be viewed only as icons, as images, and never, never as idols. As long as we do not idolize, we do not attribute power to an icon, it's all right. So we can have as many images of Señor Santo Niño as long as we believe that it's only a visual aid. Once seen, it can aid us to know who Jesus Christ really was and is and will be. There was a national mission congress scheduled, but that has been postponed to next year when COVID-19 is gone from us. So then we shall be given to understand the details of this mission ad gentis. Some people are asking where does the offertory in kind or in cash, where does it go? It does not go out of the parish. It does not go to Rome, etc. No. It stays there for the maintenance of the apostolates, of the ministries within the parish. So the more you know of what the parish needs, and the more you know about what you have, which is not your own anyway, then you are willing and able to give cheerfully, not only cheerfully, but consistently cheerful. But don't let us forget uh, that the home is where charity should begin. Then out of the home to the neighborhood, out of the neighborhood to the community. From Grace Vallejo, good morning, Monsignor. Morning. Is it true that parish will give certain amount to the archdiocese? To the? Cer certain amount to the, the archdiocese. Of course, the archbishop that ma who manages the whole archdiocese also needs financial support. That's why it's true that some of what every parish earns a part of it goes to the apostolates, to the mission and ministry of the Archbishop. He has his own projects, etc., etc. And so that's true. Every parish contributes to the upkeep of the Archdiocese and of the Archbishop. From Chelsea Kukalyong, how about the priest saying the Mass? Are they given uniform 
amount after every mass? Yeah. It's true that in some places, the priest, the celebrant, the presider has a share of what the whole archdiocese earns from what we call stole fees. He has, he is given a stipend, but again, that stipend, that stipend may be regulated. In one diocese here nearby, all priests receive the same amount, whether assigned to a small parish or to a big parish. But there is still a need to evaluate this. If a priest assigned to a big parish receives only that much, may maybe perhaps it will stifle his initiative to do more. And once assigned to a small parish and given that much, he may also say, okay lang, after all this is all what I can do and I cannot do anymore. So there is still a need to evaluate this and see if a priest is very interesting and very takes the initiative to do this and to do that more than the ordinary. He should be rewarded. But remember, huh? Only when you receive nothing in return is gift a gift. You do not therefore serve by counting the costs. You do not give by expecting a return. Of course there will be returns, but do not expect them. Of course there will be costs, but you do not have to count them. So this is what we have now to face, how to evaluate, how to measure the value of a priest at Mass. Think about today's great feast. This feast of the most sacred heart of Jesus is relatively new in the sense that it was only established in 1675 when Jesus appeared on a Friday before Corpus, after Corpus Christi, to Mary Margaret, or Margaret Mary Alacoque. And he said, pointing to his sacred heart, he told Margaret Mary, Behold the sacred heart who has loved man so much that it has spared nothing. That is the origin of the fiesta of Sacred Heart. So Jesus has asked for reparation, for repentance, for consecration, etc. Actually, we are very familiar with the Sacred Heart. Every first Friday, Sacred Heart. If you ask me why does the feast of the Sacred Heart why is not transferred to Sunday? Because Friday is the day of the Sacred Heart in reference to Good Friday 
when Jesus was pierced with a lance and from his heart flowed water and, and um, blood. It was on a Friday that Jesus appeared to Margaret, Mary, Mary Alacoque. So it's Friday, the day of the Sacred Heart, just as Monday is the day of the Santo Nino, and uh, Thursday, the day of the Eucharist, or Senor Santo Nino de Padua, etc. Thank God we have been gifted with faith, hope, and charity. We should be willing and able to give that much a part of our faith, hope, and charity to others. I repeat, not just to the faithless, but to the unfaithful, to those brothers and sisters of ours and our faith who have either lost the faith or they lack the faith for one reason or another. And I'm sure if we go back to the domestic church, the family, we may find some of them. So from this Sunday on, the 11th till the 20th, Sunday, the August 15, the Feast of the Assumption, we shall be celebrating Sunday Masses without feasts at all. So the readings are taken from the Sunday Mass, mostly from the Gospel according to St. Mark. From Chelsea Kukalyum, thank you for a very good session today. We learned a lot at Bible study, which we can hear in homilies at church. Remember, huh? in our homilies, that should be short, simple, and straight to the point. We are not allowed, we are not allowed to talk about money in a homily. Financial support in terms of money can be talked about in seminars outside or in the short announcements after communion, but that should not be a long, long time. But during Mass, we are prevented from, we, are, we should refrain from talking about money in a homily because the homily is an interpretation, an encounter with the Word of God. From Luisa Ditan, thank you for always enlightening and educating me. As your college student in STC, as the one who married us and baptized all the children and celebrated all our momentous occasions. Okay. God bless you with many, many healthy years. Yes. So, to you married people who are happily celebrating your wedding anniversaries, Congratulations, because a wedding anniversary, be it 5, 10, 15, 20, or 25, is always a prima facie evidence of maximum tolerance. You must have been tolerating among yourselves 
the mistakes, the misunderstandings, and all other misses that you have lasted as married to each other this long. So again, happy wedding anniversary. From Gunter Banyes, good morning, Monsignor. Morning. I have served in our parish for nine years, and I know that in some parishes, including ours, the collection is not enough to support the need of the parish. Very good. Very good realization. But if only you know how much is spent on the lights in the church, how much is spent on the water and in, on aircon, and how much is spent in the convent, in the office, etc. You will feel ashamed if you only give this much selecta, offertory. But I think if everyone, father, mother, son and daughter, everyone gives, not just the father for all of them, no, everyone gives, I think the parish will be well maintained by just the offertory, by just the offerings made. But there are still some who do not even look at the collection box. Mulingyo, matud pa mulingyo, inigabot na sa collecta. That's why Pope Francis says we should do this offering standing up after reconciling with each other within the church. Then after reconciling, you go yourself, you go and drop whatever you want. It's not enough. That's why on the occasion of the sacraments, if the arancel, the amount fixed, is abolished, as long as you have grown up in the awareness of your duty, then you fulfill your duty to obey the fifth commandment of the church. I remember I encountered a couple I knew later on because she revealed it to me that she had been a Catholic and she had been going to that church in Manila but when she found out that at every homily the priest would be talking half of it anyway about money she said that's enough so she became a born again but then she had to join another church. But then when he, she was attending Mass in that church, a Protestant church, they were also talking about money. So I said, money is good. It's a question of how to use or abuse or misuse it but definitely not the homily, not the time or place to talk about money. So thank you again for your interest in studying the Sunday Gospel 
because as I have said many times already, the Sunday Gospel should be good and should be productive enough from Monday to Saturday. The Gospel for Sunday should energize us. That's why I repeat what I have said, that a philosopher once said, you want to abolish the church, the Catholic Church, do away with Sunday Mass, because that's where the faithful get energized to go on living the Christian way. So here I pause to end this session on this great Friday feast of the most sacred heart of Jesus, and I hope you will continue to be so interested and initiated. Take the initiative to know how to go online so that we may share more. Remember, when the nine-year era of new evangelization was first instituted by the CBCP way back in 2012, the theme was live Christ, share Christ. Live Christ, share Christ. And that's what we are supposed to do more and more all the remaining weeks and months of this year 2021. God bless. So the Lord be with you. May the Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So thank you and uh, goodbye. Ciao. Hasta la vista. Wow, that was an amazing talk given by Monsignor Achilles Dakai. We are so grateful for the Lord for sending Monsignor Dakai to share God's Word to all of us. We would like to thank again Monsignor Achilles Dakai and also to our heartfelt gratitude goes to all of you who joined, interacted, and asked a question for Monsignor Dakai. Hear more from Monsignor Dakai again next weekend. This is once again the Gifted to Give podcast for your ears only. I am Brother Gian signing off. Have a blessed Sunday to all and to God be the glory. You have just listened to the Gifted to Give podcast with your host, Brother Gian, Brother John, and Father Jojo. Catch our next episode. This episode of the Gifted to Give podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to our Facebook page at 500 Years of Christianity, Archdiocese of Cebu. If you love the Gifted to Give podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review everywhere you listen to your podcast. Till next time.